Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we are talking about what my priorities would be if I were the Pac-12 commissioner. Um, I was looking around, you know, I, I talked a little bit earlier this week about a story that, um, who was it? Stuart Mandel, not not Howie Mandel, an easy mistake to make, Um I actually wonder what he's up to now. Uh, I wonder, is deal or no deal still like a thing? Are they still making that? Because it kind of seems like they've gotten to the point where you could just go back. At least for me personally, if I were to go back and just go through all of deal or no deal, which I'm sure would take like a month or something. If I were to go back and do it again, it would all be new to me. You know, like I wouldn't really remember people. It doesn't really matter. Um, Curious though, what is Howie Mandel up to? Also, he might be old now. Doesn't matter. Point is, Stuart Mandel wrote about uh, what the priorities should be for the Pac-12 commissioner last month, like late last month. Um, John Wilner wrote something similar. Uh, to, it might have been today. It was today or yesterday. I don't know. I read it today. Um, but yeah, um, because people are kind of throwing this stuff around, honestly, a lot of it overlaps. Um because uh, the problems are pretty clear in some cases. But uh, I figured it'd be fun to kind of put together some of my favorite pieces from both of those. Um, honestly, I didn't have, like, in terms of, like, the five things. I guess I guess a couple of them are new. A couple of them are new. Um, but for the most part, like, yeah, I kind of just have my own opinions about the things that they said. Um so yeah, we're going to run through, I came up with the five priorities I would have, um, and should be a good time. should be a good time. And to be honest, like before we get into it, like it can feel like the PAC 12 is just kind of doomed. Like they're, they're, we're at this point where the PAC 12 has fallen behind and now they are behind and that's just the way it's going to be. And it's going to be really hard to get back in front. I honestly don't think it's going to be tough at all to catch up with any of these conferences you know that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen quickly but the path to making it happen i think it's pretty obvious all you really need is is what two college football playoff teams in three years and that can happen a bunch of different ways. You know, a team like Colorado could keep building and improving and two to three years down the road be at the point where they're one of those teams. That's one path. Um, 
USC, everything could just click for them and they could win a bunch of games and they could do it. Um, Oregon, again, the, the quarterback thing, who knows? Uh, but within a couple of years, you could see just because of the amount of talent they have, everything kind of just comes together and they become, you know, the elite type of team. Um, and then, of course, you've got the Arizona State. Not quite in as good a situation. I think a better team right now, maybe, than USC. Um, but given that they don't have the same history, that their recruiting isn't on the same level, they don't have all the advantages that a USC has, expecting them to become that sort of program for this conference seems like a stretch. But I really do think that if you get to the point where you have a college football playoff team two or three years, there you go. All of a sudden, you're back on a level playing field. Maybe not with the SEC, maybe not with the Big Ten, um, but you have as good a claim to to number three as any of the others. And from there, who knows? Um, but yeah, seriously, so so much of it is just money. When when you look at how much the Pac-12 pays its coaches compared to to the other leagues, um, the assistant coaches too. I mean, that, that makes a big difference. That makes a really big difference. And, you know, financially, things probably won't change for the Pac-12 for, what, four years? But what happens in the in the years between now and then is going to be important. Because, you know, again, USC, would, would we be super surprised? I mean, we would be surprised, I guess, if, if they made it to the college football playoff this year. But, I mean, why? Mostly because of Clay Helton, because things haven't gone well, and they've they've had a string of coaches where things haven't gone well. But fifteen years removed from three straight national championship games, you know the the, the potential there is obvious. At Oregon, I mean they they were in the college football playoff. They made a national championship before that too, right? Famously, did not win either of those, but. Again, you have teams that are right around the corner, and if you do come across a situation where you know, maybe maybe next year. Actually, I mean, Oregon, they have a lot of talent. This year or next year would work for Oregon. USC, I think this year really is a, a window. But let's talk about Oregon. You know, if, if Oregon just goes and gets hot, finishes 10-2 and two with the Pac-12 championship, that's probably good enough to get them into the college football playoff. And there's one of your three. Uh, say Say USC this year. You know, they're middle of the pack, third third in the Pac-12. Clay Helton gets fired because the Pac-12, or because USC can finally afford to pay that buyout, which is just a crazy thing. And that's something that Stuart Mandel pointed out in his story for The Athletic. Like, Texas A&M, if they have a coach they don't like, they're going to fire him regardless of whether they have to pay him $20 million to leave. And that's, that's a difference. And I guess we'll be talking about that in just a second. But... Uh, do some of that is the Pac-12's commitment to football and and willingness from each of these universities to to pay that much money to move on and, and say we we need to start getting better. Um, and part of that is because the Pac-12 doesn't have as much money to play with. You know, USC. What's crazy to think about is the difference between what USC makes from the Pac-12 this year and what you know, any of the SEC schools makes from the SEC this year, that would cover the entire buyout. Maybe not quite. They might be like $2 million short. But, I mean, you pull that $2 million from the difference next year. And plus, you're paying that out over 
a, a series of years, so it doesn't really matter. But, you know, you, you do have some of these factors at play that just put the Pac-12 in a tough spot. Um, I don't know. Again, it's, it's to me, not something that's hard to fix. You know, I mean, Pac-12 basketball, they did half the work. 75% of the work that, that needed to be done to, to be seen as one of the elite conferences. You know, I don't think anybody was saying, ah, they're not top six. They're not part of this high major group. But after doing this, now they can say, like, they belong. You put them up against just about anybody, they belong. Um, and, and again, maybe not totally there, but just this one nice tournament run I'd say 50 to 75% of the work is done. And if they do something similar next year, that'd be great. If they get a team into the final four, that does it too. Um, and that is not what we expected to be saying a year ago. Um, so yeah, I just did want to start by saying that. This Pac-12 is bad thing. It's not permanent. And even though it's been going on for 10 years, and so it can kind of feel bad i mean it really wasn't even that bad for all of the 10 years you know even early 2010s i'm trying to remember what years exactly oregon was good but you get washington there too it's been a disappointing decade for sure but it's been these last few years where things have kind of gotten real ugly um again though i really do think that this is something that can be changed and uh, that's why it's worth talking about. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, first, though, the Colorado XOs. Beyond being the presenting sponsor of this podcast, they are a rugby team based in Glendale, Colorado. They train at the Rugby Town National Training Center, same place that the U.S. national teams train. And the idea is to take players who, like, they maybe had an NFL tryout, didn't get to keep playing. Um, something similar might have happened in the MLS or... Um, you know, hockey or baseball. What other sports even are there? Ba I, want, I wonder if they're basketball players. You could get like some guards. Um, but the point is they took them, good athletes, not good enough to play at the highest level in, in those sports, but maybe good enough to play at the highest level in rugby, um, at least for the United States national team. Uh, and again, they, this is their first season in this experiment. They're five and three with all these new rugby players and that should be seen as a win um again trying to get them on the u.s national team it's a cool process you can follow along with dnvr rugby on twitter dnvr rugby podcast the written content at the dnvr.com definitely check that out all right um number one on my list number one on i think maybe even both of the other lists um i just said like football is the number one priority Make that the number one priority. I, I kind of wrote about this a little bit yesterday in the story I wrote for uh, DMVR about uh, that the, the press conference, basically, and the, the hire of George Klyovkov, um, the new Pac-12 commissioner. If, if you guys haven't listened to yesterday's podcast, definitely listen to that one first and then come back to this one because I'm probably going to be referencing some of that stuff. Um, the point is, though... It is time to take football seriously. Um, no more of this. I think I think in, in Mandel's story, he wrote that somebody who was a part of a Pac-12 athletic department told him that there's a belief 
among the com conference front office that, you know, all sports are equal and they all need to be supported and treated well. And not right now. As terrible as that sounds to say, and actually going back, you know, yesterday when uh, Klyovkov said, he was asked about women's basketball, um, how you promote that, potential for moving back to Seattle for the conference tournament because there's an arena there. And he said, you know, I love women's basketball. I think that that's something that is easy to market. And I think that once people start watching, they enjoy it. And and obviously he has a, a significant background in women's basketball. And, and I do believe that he does care about that. He finished his answer by saying, we know where the bread is buttered and football, men's basketball, those are our priorities. Again, that's not something that Larry Scott ever said or ever came close to saying. And again, the, the, there's a lot to like about the Pac-12 and the fact that they are so successful in the Olympic sports and other non-revenue sports. That is great. And that is one of the really cool things about this conference and it's something that should should matter going forward. The reason you're able to do all that stuff, though, is because you have money. And the money comes from football and basketball. And the time has come again with a new media rights deal coming up in a couple of years to kind of put that stuff on the back burner for the moment. And again, that doesn't mean like, ah, well, time to just trash it all. It just means that's the, the the conference's priority needs to be focusing on football and figuring out what it takes to 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 win at football and you know making sure that your your smartest people are all thinking about how you can make your football programs better because again that's how you make another 10 million dollars a year 20 million dollars a year for every one of your schools over the course of the next media rights deal, which is going to last 10 or 12 years. And if you spend these next two, three years building up football, building up men's basketball, the, the, the benefits are basically multiplied by 10, multiplied by 12, because you are locked into that contract, making that much money for that long. And then you can invest that in all the different ways you want to invest that. Some of it should still be in paying for coaches, no longer paying the least for your coaches of, of any conference. Um, you know, just, just that kind of stuff. And, and it's okay. It's okay to say we should focus on football, even though, again, there was a portion of the internet yesterday that was unhappy with the way that Klyovkov said, we know where the bread is buttered. Again, you don't, you don't like it. It's, it's, it's not a good thing that, some sports are more important than others, but at this point, that's where we are, and it's best for everybody if if you can just get a bunch of money into these athletic departments and then say, okay, now we have stuff to invest in in, in women's basketball, in uh, you know, tennis, in rowing, in whatever else. You're just in a very crucial couple or crucial, what, two years, three years for these football programs. And you really can't overstate how crucial it is. Um, so there you go. That's number one. Number two, 
I, I think that for Klyovkov, he needs to go after this expanding the college football playoff thing. And we don't need to get into like our personal beliefs about whether it should be expanded. I actually, <laughs> I, I read uh, Nicole Auerbach from The Athletic. Uh, she wrote a column either again, either today or yesterday about why the college football playoff does need to be expanded. And she wrote it because Klyovkov came out and just said, even if nobody asked me about this, I want it to be known. This is something that the Pac-12 wants to do. And that needs to get out there so that people are thinking about talking about whatever. Um, And so she wrote the column explaining why I read the entire comment section. There's like a hundred comments and people have a lot of feelings and uh, you know, I, I, without getting too deep into it, I, I understand like what makes college football special is it's regular season. You know, it is the most impactful regular season of any sport outside of like the premier league where all you have is a regular season. Um, just because you use that regular season to narrow things down from 129 teams to four compared to, you know, in the NFL, you're narrowing it down from 32 teams to 14, you know? And I would argue that it it isn't the most interesting regular season because you get about four weeks in and half the teams are all but out of the playoff race. Again, without getting too deep into the entertainment value and all that kind of stuff, what it means for college football, it would absolutely be a good thing for the Pac-12. You know, it was also the uh, Mandel story. He he has a quote from Rick Neuheisel, who we know well. Um, And... Or no, actually, this one was from Yogi Roth. Basically saying, like, Yogi Roth was down there in Texas uh, at at the regional. It's, or no, they call it the opening. Um, it's where a bunch of, like, the, the best football recruits in the country go to do, like, their 40 times and lifting and other drills and that kind of stuff. And it's a huge recruiting event. And he said he talked to a bunch of those kids um, specifically, I, I think what six of the top 10 recruits from PAC 12 States went to other schools and he went to them specifically and said, why did you leave PAC 12 territory? And they all said, we want to go to the NFL. We want to play for a national championship. And it's really that simple. You know, I think it's easy to get caught up in a whole bunch of, of the other stuff, you know, it's crazy. Some of it, like, like the graphics, the graphics is one of the things that, uh, again, it's, it's just where we're at at this point in college football. You're looking for any little edge you can get, but the idea that like a 16, 17 year old is going to be like, okay, look at this graphic that I'm on versus this one from another school. Wow. This graphics department is better than the other. We should go there. And, the truth is, like, that does matter. It definitely does matter. But it's just kind of crazy to think about. Um, what really matters, though, is getting guys to the NFL, which the Pac-12 has done maybe not quite as well as every other conference. I mean, the SEC is, is a step ahead of the rest of the country. But, I mean, the Pac-12 isn't far behind. I think they're even in front of like the big 12, maybe just behind the ACC. No, it got to be in front of the ACC behind the big 12 behind the big 10. Like 
it's not like they're in a bad spot there. In terms of getting teams a college football playoff, yes, they are. And that's why you expand it. And, you know, especially if there's like an automatic bid for the for conference winners, power five conference winners, high school kids understand that. And, and they say, okay, I want to compete for national championship. Well, look at Colorado. They were one win away from going to the Pac-12 championship game last year. They win and get in there. They win there. They're competing just like anybody else. And sure, you're still going to say, well, you know, once you get there, the, the odds are better that Bama is going to win, that Oklahoma is going to win, whatever. And I, sure, yeah, but it definitely helps. And if it helps a little bit, sometimes that means that you, you slowly build and say like, ah, oh, this is nice. So you, you land a couple more recruits because you get those recruits, you, you're even more competitive and then you just kind of start that cycle. Um, for so many reasons, it, it would help the Pac-12 to get this expanded, including that if, you know, Klyovkov now is known as that guy. You know, that when, when you say to like a random person who follows college football, what do we know about Klyovkov? They'll say, ah, he wants to expand the college football playoff because he was very loud about that exactly. Um, if he can be influential in the process, you know, start talking to the other commissioners um, and and get this done, that would be a big win on his track record personally, on the Pac-12s as well. Um, and I think that getting that win out of the way, something that you can put by your name in the same way that uh, Larry Scott was able to get the media deal done early in his tenure. And, and that really bought him a lot of time. Now we've seen all of the effects of it and maybe we aren't all so happy with it, but at the time it was a big win for him. Um, Klyovkov, same thing. I, I think that when you're looking for ways to go get a win you know i I think uh, john wilner mentioned hire that diversity and inclusion officer somebody who reports directly to uh the commissioner it's something the pac-12 said it was going to do a year ago um almost a year ago i guess it was last summer and they haven't done it since if you do that that's a win but it's not the biggest win a bigger win would get be getting that college football playoff expanded. And it's something that I think everybody should want. You know, more games that matter means more viewership and more money for everybody. Um, and it's not like, you know, the Pac-12 has, has been the worst of the Power Five in terms of the college football playoff since it started. But at the same time, like, where where is the Big Ten without Ohio State? I don't think anybody else. Michigan hasn't gotten in. I don't, did Michigan State get in once? Maybe. I don't think anybody else has. Um, the Big Twelve. Oklahoma's gotten in a, a couple of times. You know, ACC. Clemson's gotten in. Nobody else has. They're they're just missing that one team that has done it a few times for them, and that would balance everything else else out. Um, and so, again, it's not like they're all that far off. It's just that for every year that you don't fix it, it gets a little bit tougher to, to fix because that's one more year where the recruits are leaving your territory. You know, um, things just spiral. 
things just spiral. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that that would be a, a huge step for a bunch of reasons. Um, number three, we'll do this one and then hit a break. Um, you have to market the Pac-12. You know, market it. And this is something that Klyovkov brought up. Uh, Mandel brought it up. I'm pretty sure that John Wilner did too. Um, but, I mean, how it should not be hard to get high school kids to want to move to the West. That is the best place to be. You know, it is, it is I mean, just tangibly better to live where it's it's sunny and especially i mean if if you're uh, going to be like living on campus or have housing provided who doesn't want to go live in la or go live in arizona in boulder a great example seattle not necessarily my cup of tea it's a little bit rainy for me a lot of people really like seattle and if somebody were to say hey seattle or tuscaloosa or anywhere else in alabama or Louisiana, I mean, New Orleans would be tempting, but like, seriously, these are really great places to live and that should make it a lot easier. Um, on top of that, the schools are better. Let everybody know that the schools are better. And that's again, something that he said he's going to do, but just, I mean, the PAC 12 should tweet out a graphic every Friday. That's just like, how much money does the average graduate make or whatever way that you want to quantify the schools being better? You know, the, the average ranking in the U S news top 100 or, you know, throw all the schools on there and just circle all the PAC 12 ones and be like, Hey, look, compared to the rest of the power five, look where we are, you know, get that out there too. Because again, a, a lot of the top of the top recruits, you know, your top 100 in the country, they will be more focused on, where they can play football at the highest level, you know, the, the, how, what makes their path to the NFL easier. And those are the guys that the PAC 12 is missing right now. You know, that is the, the those are the players that the PAC 12 needs to do a better job appealing to at the same time, they still get the importance. And while they may not weight it the same as some like random walk on or whatever, it matters. And it is an advantage that you have. So take advantage of that. I mean, how hard is it to, again, have at least one tweet a week about that? You know, it's seems like it'd be easy. Seems like it'd be easy. Um, what else? There was some a, a lot of good stuff that they had about name image likeness. And the big one for Mandel being like, sure, there's going to be a, a car dealership or barbecue place or whatever down in Tuscaloosa that's going to offer money to the kids who go to Bama, whatever you, you have LA like, like, like if, if you want to build an internet brand, you should be able to do that there. I mean, you're right around the corner from like all of the influencers and I hate that word. Um, but like all of that, all of like the media stuff, you have schools of media acting schools at all these places where you should be partnering with them to, to help promote things and, make videos and do all that kind of stuff. Again, you, that should be another strength of the PAC 12s is its ability to market its players. And, and that's something that should happen too. You know, you should see more commercials from the PAC 12 
just showing off Jaden Daniels, you know, showing off Keaton Slovis, showing off who else do I like in the Pac-12? I'm trying to avoid buffs because it's like, of course, Nate Lamb and Carson Wells. I mean, that would be a good commercial. The Pac-12 should make a commercial that is Nate Lamb and Carson Wells just beating up on people. Um, yeah, I, I think that just getting faces out there and not in a cheesy way, not awkward. I think, I, I don't know, There, there's... There's a lot that can be done there. And from there, that helps them build their brands and make money off of that. Whatever. There's just so many more opportunities out here for that kind of stuff. And that is, I mean, how many how many of the CU football players have YouTube channels? I've watched videos from at least three of them, and I'm sure there are more. That that appeals to to young people and you should lean into it. Um, what else about the West is marketable? So we've already covered the weather, the better schools. I don't know. There's got to be more cool things. Oh, the NIL stuff. But yeah, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. I was going to leave one of these off, but I've just decided that we're going to conclude it after this break. Um, so this is now a six point list. And if I don't keep moving quickly through this, who knows? There might be a seventh and an eighth and whatever. Um, real quick, if you want to get a membership to DMVR, there's a really cool deal right now. Uh, you can get a free shirt, free Recover Holistic Stick if you uh, sign up with an annual membership or longer. Uh, that Holistic Stick comes from Holistic Wellness. It's basically some CBD poured in your drink, uh, stir it around, you drink it, and then it's inside of you. The one that we send is going to have... Uh, it's 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 meant to help you recover from whatever from working out from whatever else you do that your body didn't like and wants to recover from um there's also some there from like for, for beauty for i don't even know how that works I w- i'm gonna ask somebody how that works because it does not make sense to me like that you could stir some cbd's magic though i guess so who knows um, sleep, whatever. If you want to check all that stuff out, you can go to holisticwellness.com, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. Um, use the code DMVR30, get 30% off your purchase there. Uh, or again, like I said, check it out with that free holistic stick, get a free shirt when you get an annual membership or longer. Um, that holistic stick also comes with a coupon. So there you go. Uh, we brought you damn good beer. Now we're delivering to you damn good beef. And it's so damn good that you can now get Wagyu beef at the DMVR bar. That's right. We couldn't resist putting this damn good beef in the bar. You can now come down, build your own delicious hassle cattle Wagyu beef burger, add all the toppings you want, and enjoy watch parties with the finest beef. I actually, I tried the burger for the first time ever Tuesday, maybe? I think it was Tuesday. And uh, it was it was really good. Like, it's surprising because I'm not... Like, I when I go shopping, I buy the cheapest option. You know, I and I don't really care. You know, not just for, like, beef, but for everything. Um, you know, if there's, like, like, Oreos or, like, the off-brand ones, sometimes the off-brand is even better. I guess the double stuff is different. The double stuff is different. But, like, the lemon ones in particular, 
just go get like the the normal lemon ones and it's like one dollar why not um bread just go get the cheap bread go get the cheap butter the milk like the point is when i ate that beef it was really 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 good um and it makes me rethink a bunch of things in my own life Uh, but you should definitely check it out uh come down to the bar like i said build your own wagyu beef burger from hassle cattle company um that's a fourth generation cattle farm out of texas if you want to check out more of their products uh, they also they've got beef bacon a new york strip smoked sausage wagyu frank without any fillers a couple of different jerky flavors the hamburger that i mentioned it won food network's northeast burger jam seriously good stuff like i said wagyu beef with no antibiotics no hormones you can check it out at hasslecattlecompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L cattlecompany.com. Use the promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DNVR10 for 10% off any orders over $200, and you receive free shipping. Check them out. We promise that you won't be disappointed. Also, uh, it's playoff time. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm not supposed to read this for two more days. Uh, Monday's read though, you're, you're, hold on to that. You'll see where I'm going. Um, because it is playoff time. Uh, big names are headlining this weekend's UFC 262 card from Nate Diaz to Michael Chandler. There will be no shortage of action and DraftKings Sportsbook, the official betting partner of UFC has a heavyweight offer for this weekend's fight with 100 to one odds. One fighter will be walking away with the belt. Will you be walking away with the cash? Just pick the main event fighter you think will win, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100-to-1 odds on that fighter. That's right, $1 on select fighters, and if they win, you win $100. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, baseball, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code DNVR when you sign up, and turn $1 into $100 when you bet on a main card fighter to win. Place your bet, watch if it's fly this weekend. That's code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 on select main card fighters for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Uh, I'm going to add another another point to the list like i said and we're gonna we're gonna call this the new number four it's it's time to go to an eight game conference schedule the the nine game conference schedule just it it doesn't work you know it's it's just one more week where your teams are beating your own teams and in the world we live in that doesn't help you you know everything is about the college football playoff as it should be you know what should be the goal going into any season winning the championship and sure, for some teams, like maybe that's not realistic and they're better off saying, ah, well, we should uh, we should try to take a step in the right direction. Let's get to 500 this year, make it to a bowl game. Sure, whatever. But for the teams that are actually, I mean, that, that people care about, that people want to watch, that is what the whole thing is about. And just giving your own teams one more opportunity to cannibalize each other doesn't help anybody. Um, you know, 
the 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 effect is pretty obvious. I mean, it's six more losses, you know, because every team plays one more game, half those teams lose. There you go. You've got six more losses divided up among the conference. And those losses could go to the worst teams. What we've seen is that the Pac-12 has more parity than all of the other leagues um, for a couple of reasons, you know, including the fact that, like, like we were talking about earlier, the SEC has Bama. And then what makes them different is that they actually have, like, Georgia is, is not Bama and not Ohio State or Clemson either, but comparable to Oklahoma, say that. Plus, it seems like every year they have a rotating, whether it's LSU or Auburn or Texas A&M, whoever, some to be kind of at that Georgia level. That's why the SEC is so good, because they have the number one team more often than not. And then they have a couple of more more teams that are very competitive. You look at the ACC, they have Clemson. That's about it. You know, North Carolina may be building something, but I'm not... You got to see it happen first with North Carolina. Um, you look at, uh, let's go with the Big Ten. Right now, that is Ohio State and a bunch of teams that would be competitive with the rest of the Pac-12. Um, you you look at the Big 12. Uh, it's, it's Oklahoma. And yeah, I mean, seriously, Iowa State, if you want to buy into that, like, sure, I guess. Like I said earlier, the the differences the Pac-12 has that that was a that we spent too long on that. Um, the point is there are different reasons for the parity. One is that you don't have those top teams like the other conferences do. The other, to me, is that there's just more opportunities. Um, also, Pac-12 after dark, just weird things happen in those late games. Um, the, it doesn't help you. It just straight up doesn't help you. Um, you know, I, I think Vandell brought up how, you know, you do make more money because it's another game that you get to sell the rights to and whatever. I, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Whatever little amount of money you get by pinching those pennies is not the same as just giving your teams an opportunity to go play other teams. And, you know, there are other issues here because, you know, if you just said, okay, we're done next year, we're not, we're not doing this in 2021, getting rid of the first game conference game of the year, whatever. Well, now you've got a bunch of open weeks that teams have to fill. Most teams already have their schedules built so far out. Practically it would be a challenge but not a challenge that's insurmountable. And at some point, I think you've got to pull the trigger. I mean, there's a reason that none of the other conferences are saying, wow, look at what the Pac-12 is doing with the nine-game conference schedule. We should go to that. Like, no, N nobody thinks that. So it's it's time to say this is going to be difficult. Let's get rid of it. Now we get to go back to four non-conference games, more opportunities to go try to beat other teams. If we want, we can try to stack the deck and, and play more um, G5 teams, you know, maybe Colorado says, Hey, Colorado state, you guys want to play every year? Well, guess what? We've got one more week every year. Steph playing every other year. Let's just get back to that. Um, it just, there's so many opportunities, opportunities to, to schedule good games too. games against sec teams, games against big 10 teams and getting into those sec teams. There needs to be a real push to get those teams on campus. And, and I almost think that it, it, it's it's getting to the point where 
collusion might be necessary. You know, if if Klyovkov wanted to go to the Big Ten commissioner, go to the ACC commissioner and just say, hey, guys, we get what the SEC is doing here. They know that everybody wants to play them because if, if you beat an SEC team, right or wrong, that comes with more clout than if you beat anybody else. You lose to those teams, you get to excuse it away easier because they're Big Ten or because they're SEC teams. That's why they don't want to play other teams on their campuses. They want to go to neutral sites. Um, they are certainly not willing to come all the way to the West Coast, as is evidenced by a decade of scheduling that we can see into the future and the previous decade that we can look to in the past. You've gotta, you've gotta just say, you know what? We are done playing these dumb games where we go out there. If you want to play us, we're scheduling a home and home just like we would with anybody else. Um, that would be another move that I would make. Um, yeah. I think uh, John Wilner brought up in his that he would say you need more uh, more games in Vegas. And to me, I feel like that is kind of the second best outcome. If things don't go well, you can't get these other teams to just come to your campuses, which it just doesn't happen all that often. You know, I'm curious. We could go and look at this future schedule, but you think of the past, the big Pac-12 games. I mean, Oregon-Auburn to start the season a couple years ago. Neutral site. Why? Because Auburn doesn't want to go to Oregon. It just, it sucks. But getting that game in Vegas instead of Arlington, that would be a, a huge step in the right direction. Um, and again, ideally, all these games are just played on campus um, and it, it makes them very fair. At the very least, though, use that stadium in Vegas and I don't know. It's, it's a starting point. It's a starting point. Um, yeah, I think we're cool on that one. Uh, number five, and this one I'm stealing from, uh, Wilner hire a a consultant for your media rights right now, you know, figure out which firm you want. And he, he lays it out. Well, basically saying, you know, new commissioner, he has a lot of experience in this area. A lot of it was five years or more ago. Just bring in somebody else, pay whatever it costs. Because remember, you're you're the the benefits of bringing in a very good firm when you're doing something like this. They're going to outweigh the cost that you have to pay right now. Um, and tell them to just get working. You know, say we want ten of you guys spending all day thinking about what would be best with these media rights. Um, you know, whether it whether it's pushing really hard for streaming, whether it's pushing really hard to, to have um, games spread out during the day, played during the same time? Do you want to do a deal all with one network? Um, you know, there's there's just so many little things that you can try, so many different ways you can split up the rights because as, as we were talking about yesterday, that is the one very, very, very good thing that Larry Scott did was hold on to all of the media rights. Every Pac-12 contest starting in 2024, that can be sold, the rights to that game. And, you know, that that opens so many doors to, to say, hey, you know what, CBS, you just got ditched by the SEC. They they decided that instead of keeping like their prime time Saturday afternoon spot on CBS, 
that they would say, we have the SEC network on ESPN. ESPN wants to give us all this money just to bring all this over there. We took that. Well, now CBS is saying, what are we going to show on Saturdays? Um, and, and next up is the Big Ten. They've got their media rights deal. I actually can't remember when theirs is over. It might even just be the year before the Pac-12. But, you know, if the Big Ten doesn't wind up with a significant number of games on CBS, maybe CBS is getting desperate and they say, you know what? We, we've got Paramount Plus. We want to push people onto that. Let's just buy them all. And then we'll stream some there. We'll, we'll play the rest on TV. That's one option. You know, splitting it up between whoever and whoever and whoever is an option. Getting some to Amazon so that they can stream it through Prime. You know, NBC has Peacock. The Paramount Plus with CBS. ESPN obviously has all their streaming options. It's... The, the door is wide open. And figuring out how you want to handle that, that is worth spending another 12 months of paying some consultant um, to, to, to figure it out. And remember, at the same time, this is why you need to get good at football in the next two years so that you can make money in three years when it's time to sign a deal. Um, yeah, I think that's it there. The last one, talk with the ADs constantly. Just do it. Just do it. That was the one, I mean, not the one knock on Larry Scott. That was the biggest knock on Larry Scott is that he just didn't spend a lot of time on the campuses talking to the people on the campuses. There you go. Just just do it. You know, figure out, you know, maybe, maybe it's just first thing you do in the morning. You know, you get into the office at 9 a.m. Pacific, your first hour of the day, you're just making phone calls to athletic directors, coaches, whatever. There you go. Then all of a sudden you're very plugged in. People feel like you're listening to them. And again, from that is the reputation that Klyovkov has. Um, is somebody who, you know, if he doesn't know what he's doing, he will ask and listen and make the right decision based on what the people around him tell him. That means just bring in as much information as possible by talking to these people. Ask them, what do you think about expanding the the playoff what would your priorities be or how how do you think we can get more recruits to stay in pac-12 territory or you know is our our, our pac-12 after dark games or is that really something we want to keep doing it's also worth noting from mandel that the the reason they do them is because right now fox and espn pay a lot of money for those games more money than for most games because that's the only game that they can broadcast right then. So there is a premium. And, and maybe because of that, it is worth it. Maybe you could also say, uh, you finish in the top half of the Pac-12, you don't have to play, in a, play any of those games next year. You know, something like that. I mean, there's, there's one idea. He should have called me today. And maybe, I'm sure if he had called Carl Durrell today, he would have come up with something better. Um, but yeah, that's the last one. Just, just talk to people. Just talk to people. It's not hard. Um, I think that'll pretty much do it. You guys have any thoughts? As always, get those in the comments. Run through some of those on Monday. What else we do on Monday? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, oh, actually, real quick, before we get out of here. Um, oh, boy, this is going to be a fun one. Um, hey, you, yeah, you 
Scott Bush, you definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. After using these life-changing products, you're going to want to join a ball sack beauty contest. I'm looking out for you too because I also have an exclusive 20% off discount. Use the code DMVR at manscaped.com. You'll get 20% off and you'll get free shipping. Um, you can get the uh, new Lawnmower 4.0. And I just picked mine up yesterday. It's it's really cool. Like I, if I'm being totally honest, I kind of went into that thinking like, uh, I mean, does it cut hair? Because I already have something that cuts the hair. And then you get it and you look at it and you're like, oh, wow, this actually is really nice. It's uh, it's very angular, very sleek. And the the early reviews are that it works very, very, very well. Um, I think it's worth the upgrade if you already have the 3.0. If, you're, if you have the 3.0, you're happy with it. Can't really blame you. Um, but I will say that uh, as we get into the summer, the crop preserver is, uh, it's a must. You know, that is their ball deodorant. You just throw it all around down there, and all of a sudden you do not sweat during the day. I know as a golfer, I really appreciate that. Uh, so definitely check that out as well. That's probably my favorite of all the things they make. Um, again, you can use the code DMVR, get 20% off and free shipping. It's a great deal. Manscaped.com. Everything they make is awesome. Seriously, just check out like the perfect package 4.0. It'll have like basically everything that you need to get started. And then you figure out what you like and go from there. Um, before we get out of here, we need to do a DraftKings pick of the week. This is, um, this is going to be kind of a lame one because last week I said, it's time to get your avalanche Stanley cup bets in because they're at plus four fifty. Well, there's a boost now. Instead of getting that plus 450, you can get it plus 514. So when the odds are that good, like seriously, that is probably the the best bet that you can make. Um, even though I know it's lazy to do the same thing two weeks in a row, there's a boost on it now. And so like the, the playoffs start on Monday. This is, according to The Athletic, the most lopsided playoff series in, I think they said 20 years like the Avs playing the, who did they play? St. Louis in the first round, just based on like all the advanced stats. People can get nerdy about hockey. It's kind of crazy how nerdy people can get about hockey. Um, but if you didn't get your bet in last week, or if you're like me and you just keep making bets on the Avs to win the Stanley Cup, there's a boost right now and you really should take it because at the very least, it's going to make this playoff run more fun. You know, they, they should you know, knock on wood, make it through this first round. The second round against Vegas, eh, it'll be competitive, but I, I certainly know where my money is because I've put a lot of it on the avalanche. Um, and then from there, final four teams, I guess Edmonton kind of scares you, but whoever comes out of the Pacific doesn't, or I guess they're the Pacific. The other division in the West, they don't scare you. I think, I think that you should take advantage of this boost um, and always pay attention to the other boosts that are available on the number one rated sportsbook app. Uh, that's going to do it for today. We'll be back Monday talking about something, um, and I'll see you then.